0: welcome to health Systems cio's partner perspective interview series i'm anthony guerra founder and editor-in-chief today we're talking with c Lou, vice president of vocera edge with vocera about the current state of care team collaboration why he thinks there is a better way to handle such communications, and how organizations can get from here to there. See, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you, Anthony. Glad to be here.
0: All right, looking forward to having a fun conversation. Um, let's start off if you want to just give me some information about your organization and your role over there.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, My company, Vocera, is the leading clinical communication and collaboration platform in healthcare for the past 20 years and counting. Vocera provides a wide range of communication and workflow solutions that help protect and connect care team members, increase efficiency, and enhance the quality of care and safety in hospital and health system settings and even beyond healthcare recently as well. I came in through a recent acquisition uh, called Patient Safe Solutions, which is a cloud-based smartphone-centric product that focuses on care team collaboration use cases in the hospital, and that integrates deeply with EHRs and complement EHRs mobile product deployment strategies. My current role with Vocera is vice president of Vocera Edge product line, very much focused on enabling Vocera's broader go-to-market and customer success teams in introducing, deploying, and scaling cloud-based care team communications workflows that can complement and augment the various mobile EHR deployments.
0: So you've been in this space for a while with your previous company and now. So how long would you say you've been studying and working on the care team collaboration issue?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, steeped in the problem space, so to speak, for close to uh, 12 years now. 12 years. And
0: you're uh, I I was listening to one of your presentations online. You're a clinical. What's your original clinical engineering? Is that your yeah reasoning? my uh, okay.
1: education background is focused on bioengineering and bioinformatics um, mm-hmm. with an eye towards system engineering and uh, through a rather chance encounter got involved in the problem space related to hospital workflow and realized there's never a shortage problem to solve so i've been uh, in love with the problem space and also with our customers challenges ever since
0: all right very good so let's describe the the issue as you see it. I mean, when we talk about a typical health system, there is no typical health system. Some are going to be very advanced. Some are going to be not very advanced. Let's talk about the average health system. What do you think is going on as, to, as far as care team collaboration at the average health system? We're going to talk about the state uh, that a lot of places have today that you see is suboptimal. So describe that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll start on a few ends of the equation and then hopefully bring it together towards the end as well. Let's start on the user experience end of the equation of what typical looks like. Uh, in fact, we did a 200 plus health system survey with HIMSS a couple of years ago that showed us the average clinician at the best side has to contend with at least five disparate sources of clinical and collaboration context in addition to the EHR. More than four communications modalities, meaning more than voice, text, and pagings, are all included in the paradigm, and perhaps even three or more devices, depending on their settings of care or how many different settings of care they have to traverse, in order just to close the loop with their care teams on any given shift. And that alone spells the definition of fragmentation. Uh, this level of fragmentation can result in accelerated clinician burnout safety issues, especially in between the boundaries of handoff, and there's actually a fair amount of literature in safety and quality journals around that already, and certainly patient experience challenges. And I think COVID probably bear that um, even further in terms of all the various challenges on the user experience and workflow. And then if you look at it from what actually takes to deploy and even manage the current set of fragmented set of technologies and the burden it creates on the IT team. The challenge is actually compounding there as far as your typical health system goes. Uh, the break fixes of disparate hardware involved, endless network adjustments just to make another technology to work, and the steadily overwhelming support volumes hitting hospital internal IT help desks uh, before it even gets to the vendor side. Uh, these are all becoming previously, I would say, hidden costs that health system cannot uh, can no longer ignore in an increasingly pressurized environment going forward. And that's how I would describe typical today's still.
0: Right. So you've got the two sides. You've got the use issue. So, um, and there you mentioned having multiple devices, just practically speaking, means I need to look at multiple devices to not miss a message, to not miss something important that's going on. That can be stressful with a lot of dinging and binging on all your different devices. So that's a stressful experience and you can miss
1: something. Absolutely. And there are different applications too, even on desktop for you to cross-check against different things to know what's the mo- most holistic context around the patient.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the support issue as well. So not only is it difficult for the clinicians, but it's it's difficult and more expensive for IT to manage all these applications. And you're dealing with all these vendors, contracts are coming up for renewal, Um, And these devices that we're talking about, are they owned by the health system? Are they bring your own or is it a combination?
1: Yeah, it's typically a combination. We see more inpatient usage, uh, mainly through kind of the shared device or own device fleet, and that's centrally managed by IT. Uh, uh, But oftentimes, the break fix going over to biomed and creates a lot of the different issues there. But, you know, increasingly uh, with the consumer grade devices sort of breaking into hospitals that network, so to speak, by weight of patients bringing them in, uh, clinicians bringing them in, particularly physician usage, uh, bring your own device. Uh, it creates a very complex and challenging puzzle for hospital IT to solve. Now,
0: you mentioned you, you could have as many as five sources. You could have three or more devices. You're going to have health systems that are on the spectrum. Some of them may have two and therefore their fragmentedness is not so extreme. Some have five, and they're more extreme. Does that relate to the acuity of the problem, meaning the more systems, the more devices, the worse? Is it that simple to look at it that way?
1: Yeah, I think that's typically a good heuristic to look at it. And the fragmentation is oftentimes driven by uh, the pervasiveness of different use cases and also the uh, underlying system, whether the platform that they were previously using uh, is able to address an enterprise wide level use case or a departmental one, or sometimes tied to a particular user only. So, for instance, institutions may have uh, elected earlier on to deploy a HIPAA compliant secure messaging product that oftentimes is single purpose and facing physicians only. And gradually, when they need to layer on nursing, allied health professional, transport, and recently with the triage teams that are necessary to support some of the virtual care use cases, the patient the care team communication becomes another yet another layer, right? So it's typically fragmented, uh, driven by use case on a narrow basis versus kind of an enterprise-wide design basis, if that makes sense.
0: It does. So if I'm a CIO, I've got a lot of things going on, right? I'm, there's always something going on. Everybody's always being, all well, my team is working, and we've got our annual reviews of what we're doing, We've got governance we want everything to fall into the governance paradigm to make sure that the things we're doing are in line with the business so my first question here is how do i know if i have a problem if i'm a cio is it always going to be the case that i'm hearing complaints that i'm hearing issues that's how i know i have a problem what if sometimes you have a problem you don't even know it right so if you're a cio and you want to be conscientious about this and you say you know what I've got three systems out there for carotene communications. I haven't heard a lot of problems, but it's very possible that there's some dissatisfaction. Do you have any thoughts around what they can do? Should you go out and investigate? Do you do surveys? What are your thoughts, there?
1: Yeah, and I think there's uh typically kind of uh, increasing layers of involvement in terms of how you might diagnose if you mm-hmm. have an underlying challenge or not. Uh the first one actually is all within any CIO's disposal, I do believe, which is a quick look at the spend management side of the equation, right? Uh telecommunications is actually one of the uh, you know, most overlooked area of spend overall. You know, you may be having a phone system over the course of the last three decades, you may be modernizing it, you may be linearly scaling and increasing your licenses without even knowing that. Take a look at just how much capital and operating dollar, because I say operating because this requires a certain amount of overhead for the break-fix, for the support, for some of the increasing amount of complexity out there. Has that trend been going up or going down, either expectedly or unexpectedly, and why? And and then that breadcrumb trail can kind of lead you to What about software spend across all of these things? Are they getting more complex over time? Are they getting more expensive over time? Are there any ad hoc services that seems to be continuously piled onto those software spend from the respective vendor and why? And gradually as you pull on that thread, inevitably it leads you into these sort of key boundaries of intersection where true cross team collaboration occurs between physician and nurse. uh, How satisfied are they with this overall protocol and approach? Uh, between a nursing team and the allied health professional teams, the therapy teams in particular, how consistent are the messaging getting across, how easy it is to triage around the patient. And very quickly, um, the most involved side, meaning to get involved with the clinical counterparts and ask them, what do you think the rate limiters are when it comes to patient experience or certain levels of clinical quality that are most sensitive to care team collaboration and handoff? And when you put together the spend picture and dip into the user experience picture and then conclude it by contrasting what are the ceilings that you may your institution may be running into in terms of quality improvement that are workflow-driven. Um, you know, the picture may be very, very brutally apparent in terms of how big of a problem it actually is, despite the fact that it may not arise uh, to the same level as, say, population health uh, in the past. So
0: you like, uh, as a starting point for a CIO to diagnose whether or not they have an issue, you like going to the spend. Yes, and spend equation. is typically
1: easiest to uh, have an aha moment
0: because if that spend is is and and it's hard to say what it should be, right? For it to for you to say it's high, that means you have to look at it and go, that's higher than it should be. So how do you know what it should be? Yeah, and I
1: think uh, uh, for spend to clarify that a little bit more is looking at the trend on whether your cost has been trending faster than mm-hmm. you expected, right? In terms of increase in or decrease. I think what typically happens in a break-fix heavy, uh, support heavy thing, the uh, individualized add-on services just to make the existing technology work better and better tends to proliferate with any given vendor that's sort of uh, trying to make um, you know a patch on top of a patch on top of a patch, mm-hmm. while the underlying situation is uh, the institution really need a refresh about an N- N- approach versus continuously optimizing on a legacy product that way.
0: All right. So let's say either you're aware you have a problem, you know, I've got too many systems, I've heard complaints, or you diagnose it yourself by going to the numbers and you see your trend line of expense related to these telecommunications going up and you go, wow, that's disturbing. As you said, you pull on the thread, you make some inquiries and you find out there's some real dissatisfaction, there's some real frustration. What's next? let's say you decide, okay, I've got an issue here. Now, again, we said it all comes back to governance. No CIO says, oh, this looks good. I want to go do this. This feels right. No, it's got to, you have to put it and you want to let the businesses make the decision of where they, you know, where they see the need. So tell me how that's going to work from CIO diagnosis to integrating that for consideration into the governance plan.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. What we've seen the most successful institutions that have gone through that type of process and subsequent transformation, CIO tends to bring together an interdisciplinary team uh, that's typically led by clinical informatics on the one end and certainly clinical counterpart from the CNO, CMO, uh, and a variety of medical stakeholders together to look at defining an enterprise wide-level strategy and vision around the notion of care team communication and collaboration. Uh, Because it's oftentimes the case when folks look back at the existing investment, they realize the initial use case and scope has certainly evolved and changed uh, into what it is now. And they realize that uh, now the technology landscape and the vendor landscape has consolidated and evolved a few times more, where options are becoming increasingly more available when you're looking for that one unified platform to address a variety of different use cases. It spells out consolidation opportunities, out optimization opportunity, but all of that should not start without a cross-functional alignment on that overall structure, and what we've seen the most successful one actually put pen to paper, so to speak, on uh, really defining what that mobile experience charter looks like, particularly with their core EHR vendors are now rapidly moving towards enabling a mobile version of the EHR that's available on a smartphone-centric experience for their physicians and increasingly for their nurses, and even introducing other avenues of communication within it as well. So all of that is sort of a perfect storm now to sit back and pull together the uh, interdisciplinary team and define a consistent charter that begins with what exactly are the outcomes that we're going after. Always starts with the outcome. And then define the key workflows, represented workflows that could get you to that outcome if these workflows are redesigned and consistently deployed Uh, Only then should you really be approaching which vendors to consolidate away, which new vendors to bring in, and what type of technology planning should come together. And we're a huge believer in that. And we've seen over and over again the most successful customer start at that strategy level that can be truly enterprise-wide.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting um, point you make. As a CIO, you need to know what the market is offering, right? And the market's moving very quickly, so you need to know because you need to look at your current state and and be able to say hey I know what's out there now will solve a lot of my problems might be cheaper security's better all kinds of stuff it helps you make the decision of what you want to uh endorse or suggest or promote or you know that type of thing you're really an advisor right to the business you're saying hey This is what you should know about what's out here. This is what we could do. This is the investment. This is the transition. But this is what we're going to get. You have to know what's in the market is what I'm saying. What's available, right? Absolutely. And what's the best way to stay up on that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the good news is nowadays there's no shortage of uh, avenues to find out the market landscape. Um, I think uh, between a variety of uh, industry analysts, and Gartner puts out some really great research around the space of clinical communication research, Class continues to profile a variety of different market segments around this. And certainly uh, through Health System CIO and similar forum, folks are starting to exchange past experiences together as well. I think uh, just as an aside, the clinical communication space, as you watched it over the course of the last decade, has really start into a full maturation stage, as I would call it, where the vendor side is no longer, I remember at one point in time, there's over 100 single purpose secure messaging vendors out there, right? Now, you may be finding most four that are left standing. And uh, over time, the industry has consolidated significantly. The requirements has evolved significantly, and I think the industry is evolving towards the fact that it will be very similar to the UHR landscape where they may be only three to four players that matter. And uh, offers a variety of different emphasis for you to choose from. And all of those information are increasingly available through industry research as well.
0: Is there anything else you want to say about the future state or the current state, possible future state for someone who's very fragmented about current offerings and, um, cloud-based, anything else you want to talk about that they can take advantage of these days?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I would start with painting a picture of what better paradigm for care team communication might look like. I think to tie back into the current state, um, you know, from a before and after or to and from, on the user experience and a better paradigm of care team communication can go from fragmented to consolidated, desperate to unified, and lacking true close-loop actions to highly reliable close-loop execution from any form of communication or actual tasks around an adjusted care plan execution based on the nature of the communication sent and received, right? On the IT maintenance and solution lifecycle end, a better, a better paradigm would require minimal IT overhead ideally supports continuous delivery via cloud. It's uh, We're moving into the 2020s now. Uh, the more advantage you can leverage on cloud-based solutions in a way that can get the vendor side to provide a fully managed service from security updates, storage scaling, even mobile device management, and even partnership with the uh, device manufacturers where mobile phone provisioning and device replenishment can all be offered as a managed service whereby you reduce the overhead spend uh, create some economies to scale and really take the platform forward in a renewed way, uh, those are all the opportunity that the current landscape are increasingly available to offer for health system CIOs.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about getting from here to there. Um, yeah. you know what, As a CIO, I'm sitting back and I'm going, well, what am I in for? Okay, we need to do this. This sounds big, but we need to do it. So is there is there anything that they can do even before they get to the stage of looking for a particular vendor to get their house in order to
1: prepare? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a great question. I think the most important part is a fundamental mindset change about how important it is to fix this. Uh, It requires the IT leaders and informatics leaders to come together with their clinical counterpart. The most important part is clinical stakeholders can no longer see communications technology as just an IT issue. And we really need to come together, recognize one brutal fact. We as a whole industry have been trying a variety of tools and technologies over a decade to go after this unified clinical communication experience, but has mostly gotten to a certain point somewhere in the past and got stuck there. The main underlying reason is a lack of a enterprise wide alignment on a true sense of strategy and associate a governance model and commitment required to scale it forward. So before um, any institution even go out there to select a vendor, decide on a device, understanding whether they need to refresh their network or not, we continue to be very passionate about advising clients to, doesn't matter what you do, whether you invest in our solution or not, it's important to create an enterprise-wide governance model with a clearly defined charter for you to define what you want to invest in and how, right? And... This enterprise-wide strategy would bring physicians, nurses, allied health professionals, and even the broader support roles together versus treating them as departmental and one-by-one one with another set of fragments going on. So that's really the most critical first step, is that governance model behind a defined strategy that's highly visible versus this is an IT-led initiative only.
0: Any more, uh, let's say someone who's further down the road, any more best practices you want to offer for Uh, executing a project like this successfully?
1: Yeah, that's another great question. So let's say a strategy has been defined, but oftentimes the drop-off occurs at the uh, post-contract implementation end, right? There's still a great degree of uh, uh, variations possible in quality and inconsistency of rollout experience. I think when it comes to implementation approach, uh, we do need to take a chapter out of some of the more successful EMR implementation paradigms were prescriptive, and restricting the different degrees of freedom ends up to be more important in the beginning, uh, like all uh, all types of IT solutions in the past. Uh, one that doesn't attempt to boil the ocean and deliver every single use case, but instead can deliver consistently impactful wins on a defined basis on uh, different phasing-based rollouts throughout the solution lifecycle. That can focus on key target metrics of adoption by user cohort. And key impact on clinical workflow, and letting the winds to drive the sustainable change improvement and change management versus a brute force way to say we have selected a product, we need to get it live in a certain amount of time and place, and we'll sort of overlook a lot of the underlying factor. Or worse yet, on the other end is to be all things to all people all the time. Then it will prevent the solution from getting out of the gate successfully.
0: Oh, you make a fascinating point. Something that I'm just so interested in. Um... As a, a someone who, who runs a business as well, and it's that customization um, versus being prescriptive, right? So as a service provider, you feel like you know the best way to implement your software and your system. And you explain that. So here's our process. And this process works very well. And we've adjusted it a billion times and we have a lot of experience. So would you say that the most successful of your customers embrace that approach and and are, are able to work with what you want to do as opposed to pushing back on this, that, and the other thing?
1: Yeah, I would say the most successful customers actually embrace an adjusted approach whereby they really rely on the internal governance team to define that prescriptive set of deployment guidelines. Example being, if you have a deployment team that sits on the clinical communication governance uh, committee with a CMIO leader, with a CNIO leader, and that will be able to gather all the requirements and all the disparate things and thousands of use cases, all the departments who would wish to do, you know, all at once, and say these are the choices that we make right now. And those are the choices that we will make later on, mm-hmm. and with key design criteria at every point in time in order to move it forward, uh, so that it still is a more federated input model but a lot less of a trying to be all things to all people. And the prescriptiveness oftentimes doesn't come from the vendor anymore. It becomes the prescriptiveness of the institution at the leadership level. And the frontline can see and an experience what it's like to have a fully supported deployment model versus kind of something that We will start with one prescriptive weight and upon first sign of (laughs) constraint, move back and slide back into a fully customizable weight, right? And when it comes to the change element layer, that's oftentimes the most difficult. We're talking about changing potentially some institutions, 30 years plus weight of, uh, you know, how do you call into a surgical unit, right? How do you call out of a surgical unit? And those type of call flows and workflows are very much built into the institution's muscle memory, even if it may be an inefficient muscle memory just due to the past constraints that are in. It's going to require a ton of change management effort involved. Without prescriptiveness coming from the inside leadership, uh, vendor side can only go so far uh, before it becomes a no-solve situation too.
0: Right. So would you say that uh, in terms of The best practices that you instruct your customers to embrace when they're going to implement your system, would you say there's a degree, there's a range of things of flexibility? So here, these things, you want to do it that way? Okay. You want to do this that way? Okay. But then there are other things that they might say, well, we'd like to do it this way. And you say, well, that's not going to work. We just simply know that that won't work. Is that how it works to some degree? Yeah, I think that
1: describes it fairly accurately. We would provide a set of design parameters uh, into the deployment strategy design. You know, when it comes to uh, physician bring your own device, here are the typical areas of sensitivity in terms of their perception of privacy and their perception of control. And then when it comes to share design, you know, uh, a share device design in terms of shared devices. For the frontline care team here are the design criteria against your known existing workflow and based on the design criteria there's a set of trade offs that we offer the customer. And customer oftentimes the most successful ones amongst them do take it amongst themselves to decide what trade offs they uh, explicitly make and make those trade offs very clear to the front lines to guide through the deployment process.
0: So this, to me, uh, this issue seems like not, it's not the hardest sell. This should not be a hard sell. This is, I mean, care team collaboration, it's healthcare at its most basic level, right? It's the people who are supposed to do certain things being told that they need to do them and getting that information. So this is really, really basic blocking and tackling what needs to happen in a healthcare setting directly tied to patient safety. I mean, this is not cyber security and what which, which is really important now that's not that hard to sell anymore either but um maybe infrastructure or something that's a little hard this this seems to me like it should not be a difficult sell is it a hard sell is it hard to get this going internally or or not so much.
1: Yeah, I think in the past, it's been hard to get true enterprise-wide alignment. That's why you get a lot of departmental excitement. And Sometimes it's driven by IT, sometimes it's driven by nursing, and sometimes it's driven from the medical team that needed a a secure messaging solution very quickly. I think it becomes a harder sell uh, in terms of how hard it is to truly align those stakeholders into an enterprise-wide platform visibility. Right, That does take cycle, that does take some time to get people aligned together. But once that's decided, the momentum behind such a strategy is very strong. And one of the things that we're very encouraged by throughout um, you know, the patient save days, as well as the uh, Vocera team at large, is what the pandemic has done in terms of uh, highlighting the necessity. Uh, we've seen customers with this type of solution deploy enterprise-wide and how adroitly they've dealt with all the changes throughout COVID. Uh, the communication between inpatient team to the folks in the 10 hospitals, uh, the triage teams that works across the cross-continuum basis using an enterprise model versus those that are only partially deployed uh, that that struggle with how efficiently people can communicate and coordinate, right? I think as we go through the post-pandemic investment priority, when we layer in the requirements for true virtual care, the requirements for careful and efficient care coordination, and the requirements for a mobile first experience, uh, this cell and this sort of alignment of a need with the health system ought to get easier and easier to explain going forward.
0: What gives you, from what part of your work do you get the greatest satisfaction? I mean, is it when, after an implementation is finished, do you get to hear stories? Uh, do you get feedback of, you know, those uh, testimonials of someone will say, wow, uh, my life is so much better as a nurse because of this, and I have so much less stress. What's the most satisfied? Listen, w- sale is great. A sale is great, but the sale is the beginning. the, yes, right? the sale absolutely. is not the end. So absolutely. tell me what what in your in your work what what is the greatest satisfaction you get?
1: Yeah, the greatest satisfaction I get is absolutely from a successfully implemented and sustained. I think the sustain is the word of oper- uh, operative word here. Uh, sustain improvement. From their previous paradigm of a fragmented nature of communication and collaboration into a truly consolidated and unified one that can be expressed in actual clinical outcome, whether it be throughput, whether it be improvement in patient satisfaction, whether it be improvement on some of the quality indicator. And oftentimes all of those on a sort of a metric standalone still has that dry report card feel to it Mm -hmm. and story that customers tell both their own internal staff as well as external teams on what they've been able to accomplish about this gives me the most satisfaction. I'll raise a very recent example. There's a customer in Florida, a huge health system that actually published an internal article on the entire mobility journey with Mosera Edge. And both the before challenges as well as after, this is not a vendor-driven narrative. This Mm -hmm. is not a marketing case uh, we put on our own website. This is something that Uh, the customer to self-initiate and actually publish in uh, a lot of the local publication as well around that case. And uh, for them to be so passionate about telling the story of transformation, it really makes uh, the entire journey, to your point, signing the contract was the very beginning of the journey to actually drive through the implementation strategy, uh, fix a lot of the underlying issue. That's really the hard part. But for the end goal and end state for them to be able to tell the story in such an emotionally impactful way it really really uh reminds us why we are continuing on this journey altogether.
0: that's great um is there anything else you want to add we're just about out of time any other thoughts you want to add in parting no
1: i think uh parting message for our health system cio colleagues out there is that we do believe the industry has gotten into a very fast maturation stage whereby the consolidation of disparate platforms is already occurring there will be players uh, you know, that are emerging that can create and establish an enterprise wide vision and can offer a flexible platform for tailor use cases on the right device against the right applications with the right integration to support you uh, well into the future. And this is the right time to look at this as part of the digital transformation strategy.
0: All right. See, that was great. Thank you so much for your time today. I think our audience is going to enjoy it. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Anthony. My pleasure.